0: Morning, brother. Got my tissue today. Watch out. (laughs) So, um, you may notice um, the outline uh, for this morning's message is a little bit sparse. Um, uh, today is uh, fill in your own outline um, day. It's uh, something I've been thinking about for a long time doing. um, Not really, but anyway. Uh, Also at the, uh, you'll notice in the back at the bottom with the follow-up questions, uh, you get to fill in the questions as well. (laughs) Um, it's going to be great. I, I wish I could be at some of the small groups to hear some of the questions that people wrote down, like that they are wanting to answer at their small group. It's going to be great. Um, anyway, uh, the Lord, for whatever reason, uh, you know, I've, I've I, I, I got to warn. If you're new to our church, those who have been around for a while know this. I'm out of the pulpit for a couple of weeks. Uh, first week back, watch out. I'm kind of a little bit over the top, excited and stuff. And it's like, you know, I've been, you know, I've got this boiling in my stomach and I haven't been able to get it out for a couple of weeks. So it all gets spewed out in one sermon. Anyway, so uh, anyway, so that's the reality too as well. Just kind of give you a heads up. It's been a couple of weeks. weeks. We'll see. Um, anyway, but uh, also I feel like the Lord, uh, you know, he continues to stretch me, right? And praise the Lord, uh, you know, right? You know, I praise the Lord that he does not allow us to continue to just be in our routines, right? Uh, that he disrupts that every once in a while and says, you know what, let's do something different. And, and I, I really felt, uh, I was trying to put together an outline, and I just felt like the, you know, it would just, I was struggling with it. And, and the Lord just like, I felt like he said, these outlines... Sean are, are holding you back because you are You feel like you have to be limited to what's on the paper, right? And, and so I don't know, I'm not going to necessarily do this every week, but this is where I feel like the Lord led me this week. And so uh, I think it's going to be about he's alive, but we'll see. Um, eventually we'll get to Acts chapter 4. Maybe we'll see, I don't know, maybe next week we'll see. But anyway, uh, but I felt like he wanted me to start with this passage, which isn't in Acts. Uh, it's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 2. Jesus answered them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning it will be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Uh, in preparation for this message, uh, which has now been like four weeks in a row I'm prepping on this message, <laughs> uh, just because a different thing. But anyway, uh, I feel like, yeah. Do you guys, do you guys recognize what is happening right now? Um, I know I've been kind of preaching on it and, and I know there's a tension in preaching on revival because you're like, you know, are you trying to make something happen? Are you trying to manipulate something to happen, right? Uh, but do you recognize what's happening? I, my, I don't think, my heart is not to manipulate anything. I want the Holy Spirit to do what he's doing and what he wants to do. And, and do you recognize What is happening? Do you see the movement of the spirit around you? Are you recognizing that there's something different that's going on? It's not just the Asbury revival. That's part of it. But we've seen it here. You know, I went through, I I remember, I I think one of the first messages I did on Acts, I talked about this reality that, you know, I feel like the Lord a year ago began to call me to begin to pray for our church, to begin to seek more of Jesus, but to be praying more together and to be, uh, and he gave me a longing that we would be a church that is part of a reaping of the harvest into his kingdom. And then in January, we started seeing things happen. Not that I had manipulated, but something that the Holy Spirit began to do. I went through uh, uh, kind of this week, and I've been, I, I started to create a list. Uh, do you realize we've had, I think, over 80 people that our church, people in our church, have, had a, have been there when they came into the kingdom just since January. 80 people. Over 80 right? Amen, right? Hallelujah. So the reaping is happening. Do you see it? We've had uh, six baptisms, right? Amazing, awesome, sweet, super fun to be a part of those. We've had healings. We've had deliverances. We've had, the Holy Spirit is moving. Do you see it? Do you recognize it? Are you aware of it? Are you able to predict the weather, but unable to predict what the spirit is doing in the spirit realm? Open our eyes, Lord. Amen. Amen. May we be able to see. This is what's happening in the book of Acts. In Acts, uh, we have this uh, amazing stuff that's going on in Acts 2, right? Like the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples, right? Now, Think about this. We, I know I already preached on this, but there's, there's so much more, right? Anyway, the, 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 the disciples were like waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. But they had no idea what they were waiting for, what it looked like. They had no idea. Like, think about that. They're like, okay, Jesus, we're going to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. What is, I mean, can you imagine, right? I Think about it, like, you know, oh, my gosh, the lights just went out over there. Is that the Holy Spirit? Oh my gosh, we should go check it out, right? You know, oh my, what, you know what's going on, right? Oh, there was, a, there was an accident, you know, the chariots fell over in the street. Was that the Holy Spirit? Let's go check it out, right? I mean, can you imagine, like, what are we looking for? They know they're supposed to wait, but they don't know what they're waiting for. They don't know what to expect. What's gonna happen? Trust me, they did not expect to hear a mighty rushing wind, right? If, if anything, they would have thought, well, Elijah, right, it was just a small whisper but it was a mighty rushing wind that the Holy Spirit came in. They, they had no idea that tongues of fire were going to start coming and descending from above and land on each one of them. They had no idea. I mean, can you imagine? I'm like, that's fire. I'm out of here, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. touch me. Ew. Ah, you're right on my hair. I don't have much, but it's great. Come on, I want it. <laughs> they didn't have any idea what they were going to expect, and they had no clue. when the Holy Spirit came, they would be empowered to speak in other languages. They didn't know. They had no clue. But they were waiting. Are we waiting? Are you waiting for the Holy Spirit? Are you looking for the Holy Spirit? And if you are, are you like trying to fit him into a box? You got to work this way. This is how you did it in the past. You came down in tongues of fire. So I'm looking for the tongues of fire. No, no, no. How? Just, just wait. Like, don't, don't force the spirit to show up in your life in a specific way. He may empower you with tongues. And if he does, praise the Lord. But he may empower you in just the ability to give away all your wealth. We ever think about that? That's a gift of the spirit, right? Giving. You know, being generous. How many people get excited about that one? Oh, you know what I got today? I got the gift of giving. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea how I'm going to buy food tomorrow, but Jesus has all my money. It's great, right? Do we, do we ever think that, but we put him in these boxes, like we want to have a special anointing for this special power so that everybody goes, oh, man, he's really holy. Look at he's speaking in tongues, or oh, he's praying for healing, or oh, look at his evangelism and all the people that have come to Christ. But what about the sacrificial gifts? Are we open to that? Are we waiting for the Holy Spirit? And if we're waiting, are we open to whatever he wants to do? Amen. Amen? Amen. (sighs) I don't know. I got part notes, I got part Bible, I got part everything. It's gonna be great today. (sighs) The reality is, right, when the disciples had this amazing First encounter with the Holy Spirit, and I and I, I preach this message, but we're going back because there's just so much. There were I mean the awe that came out of that. When we have an encounter with the living Savior, we're not going to be the same. It, it, it's, it's meant to change us. It's meant to disrupt us. It's meant to, to make things different in our life. It's meant to screw up our preparation for sermons, right? It's meant to mess things up, right, in our life. It's meant to disrupt our routines. It's meant to, to disrupt the things that we've been relying on, right? And when the, when the Holy Spirit comes, when we have an encounter with the powerful name of Jesus, we are transformed, we are changed, and the first thing we want to do is worship we can't help but worship. We long for worship. We want to get on our knees again. We want, we want to get the songs cranking in our, in our cars, in our living rooms. We get home from work, and instead of wanting to just you know, click on the TV and veg out, we're like, where's the Holy Spirit? Where's God? Where's, where's some worship music? I want to listen to that now. I want to praise God's name. I don't care that I'm tired and exhausted from the day. He will refresh me, right? When the Holy Spirit comes, When we have an encounter with Jesus, it changes us, radically changes us. We begin to desire worship, begin to desire to know His Word. I got this red thing flinging around, that's probably not good. We, we, We want to know His Word, we're drawn to Scripture. We begin to like everywhere we go, like, oh, I feel, I I think I remember a passage about that. I got to check that out. Or or if I don't remember a passage, I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm just going to open it up and read it. Lord, what do you want me to read right now? And we just read, right? When we have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, we are drawn into worship. Are you experiencing an insatiable desire to worship God? You guys have heard me say many, many times uh, something to this effect that one of the things that every human being needs is an awareness of Jesus, like where he is, what he's doing, that he's with us, right? When we understand that Jesus is with us, everything changes, right? Because when we know that Jesus, you know, this is, this is Moses, right? On, on the mountain, Jesus, you know, God's like, okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You just, you know, you're going to go out. I'll, I'll send my angel to go with you, and you're going to have great. And Moses like, no, 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 wait a second, God. Unless you go with us, we're not going anywhere, right? And so the awareness to know that God is with you, to know and be aware of what Jesus is doing and where he's at, at the moment, at every moment, changes it. doesn't matter if we're struggling. doesn't matter if we're in pain. doesn't matter if we're in sorrow. If we know that Jesus the creator of all things is with us, then we can we continue to walk in, in boldness, right? Continue to walk in confidence. We know we're okay. It doesn't matter how many times we've sinned. It doesn't matter that, you know, we've just had this great moral failure. If we know that Jesus has forgiven us and is with us, we can continue to get up each day and take on whatever comes, right? When we have this awareness of Jesus, it transforms everything. But I've come to believe there's another uh, essential element Of being and living out the life of Christ it's to be empowered with the Holy Spirit and and this is a funny thing and honestly I feel like I'm still kind of learning some of this and I know I'm supposed to be the guy that knows these things because I you know I went to school and all that I've been a pastor a long time but I don't know we'll see you know the Holy Spirit knows this stuff right he's really smart I'm not so smart anyway so I feel like I'm still learning this but this I, I think this is true The Holy Spirit was moving in profound and powerful ways to launch the church in Acts 2. And and I think for a long time, the Holy Spirit has been active, but he hasn't moved especially like he did in Acts chapter 2. And and I think we've seen little glimpses of it, right? You know, the great awakenings, the revivals of the past, right? We see a moment in time where the Holy Spirit comes in and kind of stirs things up, right? And so, because the Holy Spirit, like, you know, John, Jesus says in John chapter 3, this idea that, the, you know, the wind blows where it wills, right? The Holy Spirit is like the wind. We don't know where it came from, where it's going. We don't know what's going on, right? And so, because of that, we create theologies in our mind about the Holy Spirit. And so, like, if we're not experiencing movements or powers of empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we begin to think, oh, well, you know, actually, you know, the Holy Spirit and the gifts, you know, and those those really aren't active anymore, right? We begin to kind of create this theology that, you know, that kicks the Holy Spirit out. Or the other side is that we go, oh, my gosh, everything is now the Holy Spirit, right? Every, oh, my stomach is kind of feeling kind of funny right now. I think it's the Holy Spirit. It's amazing, right? You know, and so every little thing becomes the Holy Spirit, and we, and we, we, we go that side of it, and, we, and we, we spiritualize every single thing in our world and in our life, and we begin to seek false expressions of the Holy Spirit. But I think the way that the Holy Spirit works is that sometimes he just steps in and he empowers more boldly than other times. I think we've experienced that in our life, individually. I know for me, I can look back at my life and there's times when I go, wow, the Holy Spirit showed up, Jesus did something amazing right there in my life. And it was not normal, it's not what he always does. It was something new, it was something amazing. We've seen that in our own personal lives. But, we, but can we see that in like a more global perspective as well, as in a community perspective, that there are times, you know, God is sovereign. Jesus, is, the Holy Spirit is sovereign. He can choose when to quicken and when not to. And there are just times when he steps in and he quickens not just individuals, but communities. This is the revivals of the past. So the question is, do you see that he's quickening right now Communities. Do you recognize that we're in a moment in time where the Holy Spirit, for whatever reason, we don't understand his ways. His ways are way higher than ours. But for whatever reason, he has chosen to work in a special way in this time, in this community, in this church, 80, over 80 conversions in four months, five months, right? In this, come on. Have we experienced that before? No. That is not because we're great. It's because he's great. And he has chosen for whatever reason to begin to work in our community. Do you see it? Are you aware of it? Are you open to it? Are you looking for it? Are you being ignited? into... Have you experienced like the Holy Spirit coming upon you? And I think some of us have. We're sitting there. We're, we're starting to enjoy it, but it's just we haven't fully stepped in yet. I think we're, some of us are just afraid. I wrote about this in What's Brewing on Friday. I don't know if you get that email. We have an email that goes out every Friday, and this week I get to write the article for it. And I talked about how we allow the fear of mistakes to keep us from stepping out in boldness when the Lord speaks. We all, I, I second guess all the time in my mind, there's stuff going on like, oh, you can't do that, Sean. You can't say that. There's a paragraph I got. I can't read that paragraph. We'll see when we get there if I read it or not. <laughs> we, we second guess all the time. And we allow that second guessing, and, and it's zeroed in on, it's really on us. You know, what if I speak this out? And, and it's as christians right we love jesus right we don't want to hurt people we don't we don't want to, to do something that's going to make you know jesus look bad or whatever right and so it's i think it comes from a good place we we desire to do right we we want to hear and when we hear we want to do it but but you know some things just kind of a little bit out of our box right and, and we're afraid if we take that step that oh, what if it's not what if i'm not really hearing him maybe that's just me thinking that maybe it's just me feeling guilty or whatever maybe it's just that's a reality Don't get me wrong, but can we just have trust that even in our mistakes, he is glorified? Can we have, can we trust that? And that's what I think we need to do. Some of us are hearing the Holy Spirit. He is telling us to, to do things, to text people these prayers. He's telling us to reach out to the, to the homeless man or the, or, or the neighbor or the employer, the employee we're working with. or Whatever it is, he's telling us to do these things. But we come in, ow, oh, they'll think I'm crazy. They'll think I'm weird. They'll think whatever, right? And so, or oh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe that's him. I don't know, probably not. I probably just, and then we, we miss it. And it's all because we're worried about making a mistake or we're worried about what's going to happen or we're worried about the response. We just go, go. Trust. And again, especially in this time where the Holy Spirit is moving the way He is. I, I, I got to tell you, I've been, I, I just feel like, uh, this is like, this is so heresy, right? <laughs> I just feel like so so much of what I have been saying to individual peoples, people, and, and even in, in in sermons that I've been, he's been giving me. I, I just feel like almost everything is from him right now. Amen. Almost all of it. Like, yeah, there, I'm I still I'm do I make mistakes. But it's like, there's so much of it that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you used that. And, and the silly stuff, things that doesn't make sense. Like, now that, that's not, that can't be it, right? I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. But anyway, so, I'm sure you can. <laughs> Anyone, stories about what I said? I can't believe you said that. Anyway, uh, can we just trust, right? I think we miss out on so much because we just won't. We, we think we just allow our own minds, our own thoughts, our own weaknesses to get in the way. And the amazing thing after the Holy Spirit shows up then in chapter three of Acts, again, this eyes to see peace, the healing of this lame beggar, the power of that, right? The the amazing moment. Are you seeing what Jesus is doing around you? And again, this is kind of all about that, that we would recognize what he's doing, recognize the people around us who need healing and have the boldness to step up and say, can I pray for you? Can I pray for healing for you? Can I tell you about Jesus? And then, Reve- and then Acts 4. I told Laura that I was going to read this chapter, so... But I'm not going to let that limit me. So <laughs> Acts 4. Um, this is amazing. I'll just kind of summarize it, and, and I don't... Oh, Lord, you know what you're doing. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Acts 4 is this great follow-up, right? They just healed this lame beggar, and then Peter and John are in the temple, and open your minds to this amazing scenario, the situation. They just healed this guy. Now, this guy, like, again, he's not walked for 40-some years, and now he's dancing, right? Like, Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be great, right? So we could just come out of the womb dancing, right? No, that doesn't happen, right? You gotta learn how to walk. This guy just immediately, miracle, he's able to dance. So he's dancing around in the temple, the place of worship, the place of ritual, the place of religion. What are you doing? You can't be dancing around in here. This is a little bit chaotic, a little bit crazy, right? And so this disruption of the religious norm in the temple right now is what's happening, right? And so people start going, hey, what's going on? Why is this? And they recognize him oh my, that's the guy that was the lame beggar that was always asking for stuff uh yeah what how's he walking this is crazy right and so they see this so they come over to see the, skepti- the s- spectacle i can do it skeptical spectacle it's so good anyway so you see the spectacle and they're there and and then what does peter do he begins to preach and what does he preach the resurrection of jesus Ooh, that's no big deal, right? It's just a resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus. Now, the priests and, you know, the religious leaders, they see this thing going on. They're like, what's going on? They go over and they start listening and they're like, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa whoa peter (laughs) whoa right and so they like arrest him right they put him in jail because he's like you know you can't be doing this you're creating this disruption but the biggest disruption was not the guy dancing around the biggest disruption was resurrection (laughs) you know the resurrection of jesus is still a disruption today it is people don't want to accept that we have a resurrected lord right You know, if Jesus resurrected from the dead, you realize what that means. We know, right? We all know this, right? If Jesus resurrected from the dead, that means he actually is God. And if there is actually God who has that kind of power over death, that means he has power over me. And that means I owe him. I need to surrender to him. I, he's, he's the boss. He's in charge. You know, our culture right now, this humanistic, hedonistic culture that we're living in right now, is all about eliminating God, eliminating a, a divine source in our, in our creation. Because if there is a divine being, then that means we all are in submission to that divine, divine being. But if there is no divine being, if I am the divine being, then that means I can live how I want. I can do whatever I want. And so the the resurrection of Jesus is still an offense today. It's still something that people get really upset about. So the question is, are you offending people? (laughs) We are so afraid of offending people. Aren't we? I am. We're afraid to say that Jesus rose from the dead. Someone comes to us, we're making it through a difficult time. They don't know Jesus. Maybe we're at work, right? We're at the, in the break room, and, and they come to us, and they're like, I'm going through a tough time, but like the Lord is providing, and it's been great, and, and they come and say, how's it going? I'm actually, you know, it's been really good. Things are going well, and they go, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. How is that happening? What's going on? Oh, you know, I just, I just keep positive, you know, and I just think about the right things, and, you know, i you just know, making sure I do the right things. You know, I'm eating healthy, and this What? <laughs> what are we doing? Because we're afraid of offending, right? With Jesus resurrected. uh, That's going to, no, they're going to think I'm a goof. They're going to think I'm a Jesus freak. Are you a Jesus freak? Amen, right? (laughs) May we be known as Jesus freaks, please. We need more Jesus freaks. Emphasis on freaks. (sighs) Oh, no, Jesus. I'm sorry, I got that (laughs) Here's the, here's the deal though. I I think, um, all right, we're going to read the paragraph. Get ready. It's going to be offensive. The question is, are you proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus? I'm reading this because yeah, because that's, it's safer for all of us. Um, or maybe not, (laughs) maybe it's not safe at all. The question is, are you proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus? The problem today is we are tempted to stand up against the culture instead of the resurrection. Peter's message was not against the temple or against the Pharisees. It was for Jesus. He wasn't holding signs decrying their evil. He wasn't stirring a boycott against the sacrificial system. He wasn't launching a campaign to tear down the unjust religious or political hierarchical systems. Note that these things wouldn't have necessarily been wrong. But his primary concern in this moment, where the power of the Holy Spirit was so clearly revealed, was Jesus. He wanted to make sure everyone knew that Jesus was alive. That is why the lame beggar was dancing in their midst The resurrection is offensive. Are you offending the people around you? Not with political stances, but with the resurrection. It's okay to have political stances. And in our time, we better have some. But we can't allow politics and the cultural war that is waging all around us to distract us from the message of Jesus resurrected. The fact is, too many of us have prepared our minds to defend our morality, but not enough of us are prepared to defend the cross. Too many of us will jump right into political debates in person or on social media. But when the opportunity arises to share the gospel message, we shy away. We're ready to publicly boycott woke companies and organizations but wouldn't dare step foot into a gay bar to proclaim Jesus is alive. We've become highly adept at telling the world why they are excluded from the kingdom of God, but we are mere novices at proclaiming how they can be included in the kingdom of God. All right, tick you off, good, let's move on. It's one of those hit and run jobs, you know, it's like smack, all right, let's go. And for me too, understand, like this is for me too. You, have, uh, you do not have a pastor who's perfect standing here. You do not have a pastor who has no political opinions. You do not have a pastor who is shied away from sharing the gospel message. You do not have a pastor who is up here and has all of these amazing relationships with people that don't know Jesus, right? I don't. And this is one of the convictions of even this for me, is that I need to know people who don't know Jesus. And I need to let go of my political convictions sometimes in order to be able to deal with the resurrection of Jesus that's standing before me, this person who needs salvation more than anything else in the world. So this is not a me pointing my finger at my church. This is church. We need to do better at this. We need to let go. If we're fighting these political battles, if we're, if we're focused on that above and beyond the, the, the resurrection of Jesus, then we're missing it. For such a time as this, do we see? Do you recognize that the Holy Spirit is moving? There is a great work that's happening. There's a harvest that's coming. We've already been a part of it just a little bit, but it's not much yet. It's still more to come. Are you ready to be a part of that harvest? Are you ready to step out and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into that, mm. to listen to Him, to follow him, to, to get out of your comfort zone, to See, I told you, like I haven't preached for a couple of weeks. I'm all fired up, man, <laughs> I pray about that every once in a while. The Lord Lord, why? Why do you do that to me? He's like, "It's not me it's you. I know, I know, I know, anyway. Um, and folks, this is exactly the next point is. Uh, I've got to read this, I think. Verse 14 in chapter four of Acts. But Peter standing with the 11, lift up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem let us be known to you and give ears to my words for these people. Oh, wait, I'm in chapter two. Ah, Y'all are like, like, what is that? I don't know what you're reading right now, Sean. That's a great passage, though. I should read it again. I've read it like the last three weeks in a row or something. But anyway, um, maybe we'll close with that one again. It's, why not? It'll be fun. First uh, 23 of four, chapter four. I'm sorry. When they re- were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said to the Holy Spirit, Why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth have set themselves and the rulers are gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Even the punishments against Jesus were ordained by God, right? I mean, that he had had predestined that. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue... And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your words with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I cannot believe this response. I don't know if you have ever experienced persecution at any kind of level in your life. Uh, You likely went to the Lord on your knees and said, oh, Lord, please make this persecution stop. Lord, get me out of this situation. Lord, I, I, maybe I messed up. Maybe I did something wrong, and that's why they're attacking me. So, Lord, help help me to help the people that I've offended to not be offended anymore. Help them to be able to come. Can we can reconcile that relationship? I know for me, this is I've done this like several times. I step out and proclaim Jesus' resurrection, and and I get this attack, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and I start freaking out. These guys just get released from prison. They go back to their people, and they pray, Lord, help us to not stop proclaiming Jesus resurrected. Can you believe that? I, I, think, um, I think Satan it just kind of laughs sometimes how easy it is to kind of mess Christians with, uh, you know, get us off track. Especially in America, you know, we've got this nice, comfy, you know, kind of world that we're living in, at least has been, and it's starting you know, things are starting to crack here and there, right? We're like, oh, what's going on? But right, you know, I mean, it's just like so easy, like, oh, I'll just give them a little bit, just kind of push this button a little bit on them, and they're going to freak out, and they're just going to go back, and they're just going to go back to their ritual and their religion, and, and they'll, be, they'll be tamed again. Right? I, I, I can't believe the boldness these men and women and I and I love the next verse which I hadn't read and when they had prayed the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness the Holy Spirit came again like we've already been baptized with Holy Spirit right we already had the tongues of fire right it happens again amazing So good Are you shying away because you're worried about the persecution Then you need more power You need the Holy Spirit Because here's the deal. There's no way that Peter Preaches what he preaches Without the Holy Spirit this is, the, this, is, this is why I'm coming to the point where like, wait a second. It's not just about an awareness of Jesus with us. It's about an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because there's no way we can continue to stand against the the persecution that comes. No matter how small or how great, unless we have the Holy Spirit. The great martyrs of old, the reason they were martyrs was not because they ran away from the gospel or ran away from evangelism as soon as they got pushed back on. They were martyrs because the Holy Spirit empowered them to continue to proclaim Jesus resurrected. That he is alive. Even in the face of persecution, even when their lives were on the line, even while they're burning at the stakes, they continue to preach not under their power, but under the Holy Spirit's power. I believe we don't just need to know where Jesus is. We need to know. We need to have uh, the Holy Spirit to anoint us, to empower us, to do his work. We have too long as Christians in America spent our lives trying to live the Christian life under our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit what does what the Holy Spirit do? He comes upon us. Are you waiting for him? Are you looking for him? Are you open to him moving? Like, or have you got him in a box? Like are you trying to know you got to do it this way, Holy Spirit? No, no. Are we open? Are we waiting and open for him to move however he desires to move? Are you enjoying this reality that the Spirit is moving? Don't miss. Don't miss out on what's going on right now. Step in. Those of you who have already stepped in, keep going. Don't stop. You think the persecution hasn't been bad, it's not been too bad yet. It's coming. Continue to seek the Lord. Continue to seek to know where Jesus is at so you can join him in whatever he's doing, but also continue to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you, to anoint you, to give you what you need in that moment, to give you the words to say, to give you the actions to do, to give you whatever it is in that moment, right? To continue to seek that. Continue to worship. I'm telling you, my life is getting messed up. I'm missing out on shows that I really like in the evenings. Like there's a couple of shows that I'm like close to the end and I want to know what happens And it's not because i'm waiting for the next week for the next episode to come out It's because it's there, but I can't watch it, right? What are you doing right? Is your life getting disrupted? Are you continuing to live in in your routine get out of that routine? The holy spirit wants you he wants more of you. He wants you to go He wants you to be aware. He wants you to be filled with his holy spirit You are filled but he wants to refresh anointing and when that anointing comes, you won't be able to get enough of worship. Amen. You won't be get enough of him. You'll begin to hear his voice, and you'll have the courage to step out and to follow that voice. And then you'll get persecution, but you'll go back and you'll continue to pray, continue to ask that he would give you boldness. Oh, it's 11:31. Wow. OK. Let's worship. Yes. <laughs> Let's worship. All right, uh, worship team, come up. We're we're gonna worship, and we need to. And you know, I gotta say this too. You know, ah, the um, our culture uh, is a is a bit um, focused on time. <laughs> Praise the Lord, and that's okay. It's not a bad thing. I'm not. That's not my point. Uh, I just. I, I want you to feel like if, you know, we go, we've been going long, I'm sure. I keep like you know Laura and I talk about we gotta get these services done earlier, <laughs> this kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's like I also feel like the Holy Spirit's doing stuff, right? And so I, I just wanted I just want to speak this out. Like if it gets to be 1230, <laughs> then you can go. It's gonna be great. No, uh, it gets to be 1130, you know, in the service, you know, it's kind of start to go uh, and you have kids or you got what uh, I, I want you to feel free. Like if you need to, we understand like Bill, he's got to go. He's just, you know, sometimes you just got to go. It's great timing, Bill. Great time. Um, but, but also like, uh, I also want to encourage you, you know, one of the other things Laura and I've been talking about is maybe extending, having a couple more songs after the service. Like, and so if you need to stay, we want you to stay, Uh, We love that people have come for prayer and we're going to have the prayer team up here. We would love for you to come. If you are missing out on something, if you, something that, uh, that is, that the Lord has spoken today uh, in worship or in song or in in what I've said, then, then please come forward and and you need prayer. We want to pray for you. And so if you need prayer, please come forward for prayer. Let's do that. If you just want to sit and continue to worship, let's do that. But those that, you know, if you, if you, you're ready to go and you lead, you know, let, you know, the Lord's leaving you, (laughs) leading you to leave, that's fine too. But we're going to try to keep those doors closed a little bit so you can Go out and keep this space a little bit more uh, worshipful, right, and, and kind of a little bit quiet for people to be able to pray, to worship, whatever that looks like. So, I'm just saying that out loud, okay? So, um, queso. That's cinco de mayo, right? All right, let's let's see. First Corinthians fifteen twelve and following. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only... We are, of all people, most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive but each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits. then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God, the father after destroying every rule and every authority and a power for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subscription under his feet, subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him. This is a crazy passage. Otherwise, we, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf? Oh my gosh, just stop. Thank you, Jesus. You are good.